0: course today we are on the Sabbath uh commandment which is number four and let me say this before we get into it let me say one thing I'm gonna show you in the next few weeks not today but a lot in the next few weeks how much grace is in the Ten Commandments. A lot of people think well um we're not under the law anymore we're under grace and that's true but that doesn't mean you can go out and murder people because you're under grace. It doesn't mean that you can use the Lord's name in vain because you're under grace. Grace gives us the power to obey And I'm actually going to show you that the same graceful God, the same gracious God in the New Testament is the same gracious God in the Old Testament. It's going to be a very exciting sermon, and it's coming up. But today, we're on the Sabbath part four, and this is the longest uh, longest, um, commandment of all ten commandments, the longest one. And what I'm doing is I'm giving you one word to remember each commandment. In fact, let me test you. So the first sermon, don't say it, started with an S. And it was, have no other gods before me. And the word was? Sovereignty. sovereignty. Good job. Okay, number two. Hold on. It was the idol sermon, and it started with the letter P, and the word was? Priority. priority. I'm hearing more ladies than men for some reason, but that's okay. Um, part three started with the letter A, and it was, don't, don't, don't take the Lord's name with you in a vain way. And the word was? Yeah. Ambassador. Yay, females rule the world except for betty okay so today part four the word is refresh refresh and here's what's interesting about the sabbath commandment uh it pretty much says you need to come to church and you need to rest and i believe that all of y'all already do that because you're here in church today now if you're watching by internet you need to hear this sermon but y'all already y'all already know about the sabbath so instead of me motivating you to come to church and to rest which you already do I'm going to give you the theology today behind the Sabbath commandment. So it's going to be more of a teaching than it is a motivational sermon, but I wanted you to just understand the, the theology of what it is you already do. Okay, Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5 or the Ten Commandments, Exodus 28 through 11 says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. First, let everybody say holy. holy. Holy means set apart. It belongs to God. He tells you what to do with it. You don't have to think. You don't have to ask. He already instructed you. Here's what you do with it. It is holy. It's above every other day. Um, The tithe is holy. If you make $100 this week, the first $10, it is holy. It belongs to God. He already told you what to do with it. Um, The Bible says um, that that the name of God is holy. It means it's above every other name. It's perfect. Nothing can even touch it. It's set apart above all else. And that's what the Sabbath is. So six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord God on it you shall do no work not your son or your daughter your male or female servant your animals your stranger who resides in your gates verse 11 for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them but he rested. everybody say rested Rested. a lot of christians don't understand how an omnipotent all-powerful god who never slumbers nor sleeps rests and i'm going to teach you about that in a second as well therefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and made it what's that last word holy Holy. it's amazing to me what made god's top 10 list okay if you think about the entire bible imagine you have all of this scripture from god and he chose 10 principles it's amazing what these 10 principles out of everything he could have chosen here's these this top 10 list and i believe as christians we all deep in our hearts believe it's wrong to murder Do we all agree it's wrong to murder? Yes. Is it wrong to commit adultery, steal, and covet something that's your neighbor's? Is it wrong to take the Lord's name in vain, have other idols and other gods? Is it wrong to disobey and rebel against your parents? Where are my kids at? Okay, just making sure. Okay, they didn't say yes on that. Um, Is it wrong to um, lie? Is it wrong to steal? I believe as Christians, everyone in this room thinks very, very strongly that we should obey nine of the Ten Commandments. I believe that we are very passionate about nine of them. I believe... Show me all the Ten Commandments. I believe that we believe that you should not do any... That we should keep all of these except for rest and worship. I think that if it's convenient, we'll do it. As long as we don't have a major task that we have to accomplish... As long as we're in town and not on vacation, as long as um, we've got enough work done in six days that we actually can without having to finish something, you know, I believe, that, I believe it's that important to us. But it's so interesting to me that in the same list of murdering and stealing and lying is the same list, he says, I want you to rest and worship me, especially one day a week, no matter what. Uh, Matthew 2.23, one Sabbath, Jesus and his disciples were walking around and they picked up some grain. They did a little bit of work. And the Pharisees said, why are you doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, it's not legalistic. Okay, it's not legalistic. In fact, my Sabbath is not on Sunday. I don't know if you know it or not, but I work on Sunday. And some of y'all think it's the only day of the week I work, but I, I, I work all the. But on Monday is actually my Sabbath. Monday I, I study, uh, I spend time with Jesus, studying what I want to study, and I rest and I enjoy my family time and make sure. So Monday is my. It was not legalistic. Now I was, a friend who's a pastor went to Israel for the first time, and he realized he was there traveling through on the Sabbath on their Saturday, and he realized that you can't press the elevator button on the Sabbath. They consider that work. The Jews are so strict about the 10 commandments. You cannot press the elevator button on Saturday. And so my friend was thinking, okay, I'm staying on on floor 22 in the hotel. They think it's work for me to press the button, but they don't want me to walk up 22 flights of stairs. And he discovered that on the Sabbath, every elevator always stops on every single floor. So you can't even press the button. Now, I would die if i was in the elevator that is stop on every single floor my patients went around so it's not legalistic but here's what i want you to see about this okay he says the sabbath was made for you you weren't made for the sabbath here's what he's saying it's a gift it's a gift. i know some of y'all think well i'm in church i hope you're happy today because i came to church so i hope that you're pleased and here's what god's saying church was made for you church was for you to fill your spirit up Church was for you to build camaraderie and relationships to help you in difficult times. Church was for you to get your mind off of yourself and on the person who can solve your problems so you serve other people and serve them. Church was you weren't made for church. You weren't made for the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are here for you. It's actually a blessing. and a lot of times we don't see a lot of the Ten Commandments, but especially the Sabbath, as a blessing to us. It was made for you. So today, if you have your little handouts, I have three theological points for you on why we keep the Sabbath. Okay, if you're ready, say, oh yeah. Okay, number one is this. Keeping the Sabbath allows supernatural provision. If I came to you and I said, hey, tell me what God's done in your life, you would probably mention one or two things that happened in the past year or two in which God supernaturally provided something for you. Okay, the Sabbath allows God to supernaturally provide every single week here's how it works exodus 16:25. 25 gather food for six days but the seventh is a holy there's that word again sabbath and there'll be no food for you on that day in other words i'm not going to provide for you on day seven if you work in all seven days it goes on to say verse 27 some people went out on the seventh day to gather but they didn't find anything so the lord said to moses How long will you, and that word you in the Hebrew is actually a plural word, if they were Southerners, the word would be y'all. Good. How long will y'all, you all, refuse to keep my commands? The Lord has given you. It's a gift. I've given you the Sabbath. So why on the sixth day? That's why he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Okay, Here's what I want you to see. God could have easily created six days a week, But he made seven. And God will not bless your work on the seventh day. Because when we don't take a Sabbath, what we're saying is, I need my strength to provide for me. I need my job and my boss because that is my provider. And if I don't accomplish this, I won't have what I need. And God is saying, I'll provide for you seven days a week. If you work six days. But I'm only going to provide six days a week for you if you work seven days. It's supernatural provision. It's like the tithe. Uh, We think, okay, I have 100% of my income, but I don't know if God can actually do something with the 90%. If I give him 10%, I'm only going to have 90% left over. But here's the truth. God can take the 90% and make it go further with his favor in your life than he can with 100% when you're doing it on your own. Same thing with the Sabbath. If you're in here today and you're curious, what can God do in six days? I mean, can he really provide for me if I only work six days? Can he really do something great in my life on that seventh day? If you're ever curious whether or not God can do great things in six days' time, just walk outside, just look up at the sun... Go to the beach, look at the ocean, look at the mountains, because that's what God can do in six days. Yeah. Uh, do you know that every fast food chain in the world is open seven days a week? Uh, in fact, a lot of them are open 24 hours a day. Except for, man, y'all, I wait till I preach on gluttony. Y'all know that <laughs> quick, don't you? Not Chick-fil-A, not Chick-fil-A, no, 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 wait, don't Except for Chick-fil-A. It actually says on their statement of faith, Chick-fil-A has been closed on Sunday since 1946 to allow employees a day of what? And Okay. Do you know that the highest grossing day of the week for all fast food chains is Sunday? They make more money on Sunday than any other day of the week. Do you know that the average gross income per unit of fast food chains around the world per unit per store is $1 million a year grossing. Uh, McDonald's is $2 million, and most of the other ones are under 1000000 million. Chick-fil-A that's only open six days of the week not 24-7 and not on Sundays which is the highest grossing day the each store unit averages $5 million per store per year, per year, grows. Can you believe that God can take a place that decided to make sure it and its employees rest and worship on their Sabbath and He can make them five times as profitable for all, than all the other stories? Isn't that amazing? That is supernatural provision. Psalms 92.1 is actually a song for the Sabbath. It teaches us what to do on the Sabbath. And it says, it's good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to your name. We do that. Verse 10, David said this, I've been anointed with fresh oil. That word fresh is so symbolic because David was already anointed years before. But he's saying, every time I observe the Sabbath, every time I take a day and I worship and I rest, I get refreshed with more Holy Spirit in my life. It goes on to say in verse 13, those who are planted, that's you, say, that's me. In the house of the Lord shall flourish they shall bear fruit in old age. How many of you want to know why Bob and Cindy are full of fruit in their 90s? How many of you come? I mean, coming? It's because they take a Sabbath. They worship. How many of you just want to make it to old age? <laughs> you got to take time off. You gotta, now, you know there's that app where you can see what people look like when they're older. It just came out, you know. Supposedly the Russians are trying to steal our identity and all this stuff. Okay, so I wanted you to see what I would look like when I'm bearing fruit in my old age. So this is what I look like now. And this is what I'm going to look like when I'm bearing fruit in my old age. This is what Dan looks like now. Why was that? Why was that? Why was the picture of what he looks like now like, oh, is this what he's going to look like when he's bearing fruit in old age? I thought about that, and I thought, you know, it'd be nice to have had that app before you get married so you can show your soon-to-be spouse. Are you still going to love me when I look like this? Mark's wife, Caitlin, was thinking the same thing. I wish I'd known what Mark was going to look like. I said, well, they, Caitlin, they did have that app before y'all got married. She said, no, they did. I said, yes, they did. I actually used it because this is what Mark looks like now. And on the app, this is what he's going to like when he's old. (laughs) This is what Ron looks like now. And this is what Ron is going to look like when he's old. Okay, Isaiah fifty-eight thirteen. if you honor the Lord on the Sabbath, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of earth. You see the scripture, it says when you honor the Sabbath, it is, that, that's, that's another phrase would be you're delighting yourself in the Lord. Where is the one other scripture in the Bible where it says delight yourself in the Lord? Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart could it be that God is saying hey i 've created a day for you and me, and when you honor this day i 'm actually going to give you the desires if you ever want to know how to delight yourself in me, honor my day. I had a friend of mine who messaged me a while back and he 's just going through hell in his life right now he 's losing his wife losing all of his dreams everything's being destroyed and he, he messaged me said you know you 're supposed to be a pastor and you're my friend and and why haven't you, you know, helped me? And I, I can't believe you're letting me go through this alone and you're not there for me. And what kind of pastor are you? And so I responded to him and I said, man, for the past two and a half years, I've been begging you to come to church. I've reserved you a seat. I said I'd come pick you up. I would do whatever it took. But for two and a half years, you said you love your job, you need the money, and you have to work on Sundays. So then I said, what about Sunday night? What about Wednesday night? What about Thursday night Bible study? Is there anything else? No, man, I work and I really need the money. And guess what he has in his life right now? He has his job and he has his money and that's it. He's lost everything. And I I can't tell him this. I want to tell him you have the very thing that you made the highest priority in your life. That's what you still got. And what's that doing for you today? I said, man, you, you should work at McDonald's. work at Chick Fil A. You know, work, work, sell your nice motorcycle, sell your house, live in a one-bedroom apartment, drive a Pinto, and you and your family come to church because that can do more for you in the Pinto than it can driving the Mercedes, and you and you have to work on Sunday mornings. I mean, and you know. I, we all have battled it we've all thought you know i got so much to do i got things going on in my life and god's saying it's a gift i'm actually giving you this gift it's for you so number one he supernaturally provides number two is this keeping the sabbath allows supernatural witnessing i love this point this is so in, in, so cool in the bible exodus 31 15 through 17 six days work is to be done but the seventh day is the sabbath rest holy everybody say holy holy to the lord it'll be a sign everybody say sign Sign. between me and my people forever six days the lord made the heavens and earth the seventh day he was rested and refreshed i love it says there's a sign let me tell you what would happen in the bible and then i'm going to modernize it in the bible they would close the gates of jerusalem and people would be outside they couldn't wait to get in and sell their stuff and work and and they were waiting to get out so they could work the fields and everybody saying, no, 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 this is God's day. This is God's day. And it would start conversations with people that didn't know God because the only nation in the world that ever took a day off was Israel at the time. Every other ethnicity, every other culture thought, there's seven days. Of course, how is this day any different than the other ones? We got to work. We got to produce. We got things we have to do. And so someone's in Israel and they said, listen, man, I'm here for a meeting. They send an email. Can we meet today about this product we're trying to get out? And the Jew emails back and says, I can't work on Saturday. We can meet, you know, the next day. Why can't you work on Saturday? Well, because we take that day to rest. Why do you take this day to rest? Everybody else works all the time. Well, because our God created the earth and heavens in six days and he rested on the seventh day. And then the response is, who is God? Well, God's the one that creates. You mean we didn't come from the Big Bang? No, we were created in the image of God. And the conversations start and the witnessing takes place. It's a witness to the rest of the world. This is who I am. This is who I belong to and this is what I believe. And it opens up the door for people to see you blessed while they're working. Imagine God saying, hey, listen, (laughs) when you don't work, I'm going to provide. I mean, that's amazing. Um, I love the word refreshed and restored. A lot of Christians and theologians question that but in hebrew the word refresh there means this to breathe in to take a breath so what had god been doing for six days he had been creating and we sang a song about it today remember the dry bones song what does god do when he creates he speaks right we call out to dry bones come alive god said let there be light. So when God creates, He speaks. When He speaks, He breathes out. In fact, what did God do on day 6? Genesis 2-7. God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed life into him. Here's what God was doing for six days. And then on day 7, took his breath you've heard the phrase i gotta catch my breath i gotta catch my breath you know you gotta catch your breath." if god refreshed himself on day seven how much more should we take time to breathe in as well keeping the sabbath is a witness to everyone around us number three is this last point keeping the sabbath reminds us that we belong to god okay in your notes exodus 20 is where the ten commandments are that we're studying The other set of the same scriptures is in Deuteronomy 5. In Deuteronomy 5, there is a different reason why we should keep the Sabbath than Exodus 20. Exodus 20, it's because there were six days of creation and one day of rest. In Deuteronomy 5, it says this, verse 12, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it, what's the word? Six days you shall labor, do all your work. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, verse 15. Remember, here's why remember that you were a slave in Egypt and that the Lord brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Do you know that only the elite, the royalty rich top of the line people ever took time to refresh themselves and rest? And God was saying when you were in Egypt, you worked your fingers to the bone seven days a week and you had barely enough now that you are my child, you're going to work six days, rest on the seventh day, and have more than enough in your life. They couldn't believe it. They worked, 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 work, worked, and barely had enough. Then they worked and worked and then worshipped and rested, and they had more than enough in their life. More than enough. That's what God can do in six days. Now, a lot of people think that, um, that work was because of the curse, you know, with Adam and Eve and sin. That is not true, and it makes me so upset when people teach things they haven't even read the bible work was before the curse we are going to work in heaven in fact the job that you have for all of eternity in heaven is based on how well you serve the body of christ while you're on earth it's based on that and so we're going to work in heaven it says in genesis 2:15 god put the man in the garden to work the ground and to keep it so there was work in a perfect world perfect world God's there every day and they still work. And in the perfect world, they rested one day a week. Now, um, perfect world, they rested one day a week. They worked the other six days. And a lot of people today, they, they, they don't realize that the curse actually brought stress into the workplace. The curse brought um, you refusing to submit to authority and thinking you can tell your boss what to do. That's what sin did. The curse brought an ungrateful attitude towards our jobs the curse deceived us into thinking that our boss is our source and the American government is our source when God is our source that's what the curse did to our work now if you're here today and you have an ungrateful attitude toward your work and you don't realize that God put you there to be a light to these other people I decided I would look up what are the worst jobs in the world so you could learn to be grateful for the job you have and I found one So anytime you go to work with a bad attitude and you don't want to be a light and you don't want to submit to authority and have a good attitude, I want you to go by CVS and I want you to purchase a rectal thermometer. (laughs) I want you to open up the box, make sure it's Johnson & Johnson, and I want you to praise God that you do not work for the quality control group for Johnson & Johnson. Because it says, and I quote, Every rectal thermometer made by Johnson & Johnson is personally tested. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, that I have the job that I have. I will go to work with a good attitude because I love you and I'm blessed to have this job. (laughs) Okay, Numbers 15, 32. I want to tell you this, and I'm going to teach more about it in the next few weeks. I'm almost done. But um, four of the Ten Commandments held the death penalty in the judicial biblical law. One of those four was the Sabbath day being unkept. Funny, but it is, and I'll tell you why later on. Numbers 15.32 said that when the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering sticks on the Sabbath. They brought him to Moses, and they kept him under God because they didn't know what to do. Now, they did know, but they didn't think God was serious. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. And the whole assembly stoned him to death. Now, I'm going to show you God's grace in that in the next few weeks, even though you might not understand it now. But just for now, for me to use a little analogy of what we're going through today, how many of you in this room is your marriage on death row because you will not take a day to serve God with your spouse and to focus on rest and refreshing that relationship? How many of you um, are you in the relationship with your children? It's dying. It's dying because you won't take time to pour into your family because you got to finish this job you got to finish that you got to get this over and a- and after you do that then you'll take time and you know what happens something else comes up again how many of you are slaves to your emails to your boss to your cell phone to productivity the time and your mind is dying and your body's dying because you won't receive a gift That God's given you. Let me tell you what grace looks like. Grace is the fact that we cannot work and He'll provide. And I'm not talking about being a lazy bum and not ever working. I mean, you working hard during the week and taking that one day and resting and worshiping God. So, I wanted to close with this story. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of uh, um, a boat company called Correct Craft, it's one of the top nautical, productive uh, boat companies in the world. Uh, It's owned by Christians. And every Sunday uh, since uh, the early 20s, I think it was, they would always take time off to rest and to worship God. During World War II, the government contacted correct craft. They said, listen, we need 700 boats to get across the soldiers across the Rhine River uh, for the war. And we're going to different boat manufacturers and seeing how many they can build in 15 days. We got to have it done. And correct craft, at the time, the most they had ever built in a month was 60 boats. So they thought in half a month, in 15 days, we could probably do 30 boats. Before they gave the colonel the answer, the owner prayed about it, and God said, I'm going to multiply you times 10. They thought that was unusual, but they called the colonel. They said, we can do 300 boats in 15 days. The colonel was shocked. He said, the other four manufacturers that we've called, they can only do 100 boats in the 15 days. They said, we'll we'll do 300. They said, okay, that's 700 boats. The man was praying about it. God, how am I going to do this? How's it going to happen? And God said, put an ad in the newspaper tomorrow morning asking for all the wives of all the servicemen to come and volunteer their time and help build boats. That next day, they had so many women that had showed up they had to close four city blocks just to get all the ladies and all the boats out there working. So days went by. All of a sudden, Sunday comes around. It was Saturday night. And the owner of craft told all of the ladies and all the employees, everyone go home and tomorrow go to church and rest and refresh. When the colonel in charge heard that he said that, He called up the owner. He said, listen here, you cannot stop working tomorrow. If you stop working tomorrow, I'm going to close your business down. I'm going to file treason charges against you. And I'm going to put you in prison. They had to make a decision. Are we going to honor God? Are we going to do what we've always done and been successful? Or are we going to give in to these demands and go against our faith and think that we can get more done In our own strength. The owner told the colonel, I can assure you, we'll get more done in six days with God's help than we can do in seven days without His help. The colonel said, if you do it, you're going to jail. The next day, Sunday came around. They closed their doors. No one's working. So the colonel started the treason proceeding. One of the generals in the army called the colonel up. He said, listen, I don't know what's going on down there, but you can't do anything about it. If they're not going to work, they're not going to work, but we have to get this done. Just let them do their thing. They said they were going to make 300 boats in 15 days. And they actually made 300 boats in 12 days. The other four companies that said they would each make 100 were so far down, not getting their work done, the government went back to Correct Craft and said, how many boats can you make in three more days? They said, in three more business days, we can make 100 more boats. When it was all said and done, after 15 days, Correct Craft had 400 boats. The other four manufacturers had 300 boats. They sent all the boats to the Rhine River for the soldiers to cross. When they got there, not a single one of these 300 boats made by the other four manufacturers could work properly. They had all had all kinds of problems. The motors wouldn't fit. And not a single boat would cross the Rhine River. So all they had was the 400 boats made by the threat craft. So they decided, let's see how many of our soldiers we can get on these 400 boats to cross the Rhine River. And every single soldier that was supposed to cross that river, fit perfectly onto these 400 boats made by Correctgraph. National Geographic called it a miracle production. President Eisenhower said it was a miracle like the parting of the Red Sea. Why is that? Because God always honors His Word. You may not understand it. You may not like it. But He will always do what He said He would do. Psalms 23.2 He makes me lie down in green pastures and He leads me beside the still waters. It is there where He refreshes and restores my soul. Listen, if you refuse to follow Him to the still waters, He will make you, one way or another, lie down in the green pastures. Amen? amen amen amen. so I was preaching to the choir today y'all are already here and y'all I, I command y'all to go home and do nothing And all the men said,